Manimal here. It is Monday, February 5th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to go around the league, talk about everything that's happened since we were last on the air. We're also going to do the same with the Rangers, and we've got some some uh, trade ideas for the Rangers, so we're going to talk about that as well, and we're going to do an AL West preview of the Seattle Mariners. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your day Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And hey, we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier, just reminding you that whether it's just in Texas, we're loving the fact that your Texas Rangers were the 2023 World Series champions and we are the defending champions um, this season upcoming just around the corner if you want to hear me talk about it on social media you can find me at kevin lee frazier that is f-r-a-z-i-e-r you can also find texas rangers with the boys on social media tx rangers wtv don't forget to check us out on that world wide web at texas rangers with the boys.com all one word yes sir and joining me the my co-host with the most haven't said it in a while, but did you know this guy's beard has its own area code? Throwback to some earlier episodes there. The 300-pound manimal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? Where can they find you on? Yeah, ironically, that's the uh, 618 area code, not the 817. It's weird, but whatever. You know, I can't fight. I can't fight physics. No, you can't do anything about it. I can't. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm just blessed with the area code I have there. Um, yeah, man. Uh, we're, gosh, we're. Inside two weeks to spring training now, um, you know, we're we're starting to stare down that Super Bowl and people starting to kind of turn their eyes from football to baseball. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about uh, spring training being here, uh, you know, like when you think about it next week. Next week is when, you know, guys will start reporting pitchers and catchers and, you know, you'll see a lot of dudes out there that are that are getting work in and uh, probably not going to be able to make it out this year, but that's okay. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll still be, you know, following as closely as possible, but uh, um, you know, we, uh, we just look, I'm just looking forward to baseball season. I mean, things are, uh, you know, things are turbulent in my life, but like baseball is consistent, you know? Yeah. So uh, anyways, if you want to find me on the social medias, catch me at uh, Manimal Bull on Twitter, X, whatever they call it now. And we're just always going to just call it Twitter, right? Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's not like really my demo anyways. We're more like, you know, even Instagram at Manimal 300 isn't really my demo. You know, I'm Bull Pro on TikTok, I'm, I'm trying over there, but, you know, it's not exactly, you know, my my niche. My niche? 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 Yeah, not the painter, not no. the painter, the 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 word. Yeah, but my th- these are my people. If you want to find me on Facebook, uh, Bull Pro, you know I'm I'm always on there talking about as much uh, baseball as I can, and uh, you know I always have a, a time for a com- baseball conversation, a Rangers baseball conversation. Hey, not even you know if it's more than Rangers, we can we I can try, but yeah. uh, specialty Texas Rangers. 
Love it. Love it. Well, hey, before we get on with the yeah, show, today, I got to tell everybody that this show is brought to you by Matt War Pro Wrestling, which Matt War Pro Wrestling will return to Martin House Brewing on March 24th. That's a Saturday, not a Friday this time. So that's a Saturday, March 24th, Martin House Brewing, Hell's Half Acre Tournament. It's a big tournament. It involves a battle royal. It involves two four-way dances. It involves a taped fist match. And it involves a winner-take-all match. So come on out. Join us for the Hell's Half Acre Tournament. I look forward to being a part of it, and I can't wait to see what happens uh, with Matt War Pro at uh, Martin House Brewing on Sun Saturday, March 24th. It's going to be a big time. Uh, food will be provided. All our sponsors will be on hand, which includes Starry's Ice Cream. Get you some of that Starry's Ice Cream. It's mm. the best. Starry's Ice Cream, man. Now, now it's got me late night hungry all of a sudden. Um, well, hey, you should have some pints in your freezer like the old manimal does. The, uh, the banana pudding has, has my number. Um, well, let's get around the league. Cause we got some, some juicy Ranger talk today. So let's, let's get around the league. Um, obviously the big one, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, the biggest one, Santana, uh, going to Minnesota. So Minnesota these valleys deals start had this valley deal starts happening guys all of a sudden start signing free agents yeah and minnesota was one of those teams that was kind of waiting on that as well i mean not that they couldn't have made a one-year five and a half million dollar five and a quarter million dollar deal um with or without the valleys deal but yeah um, you know absolutely uh santana's gonna hit you know he's gonna i lose you there no i'm here Oh yeah, that's that's it. I'm uh, you told oh. me to race through this, so I'm like <laughs> racing through it. That's I thought beautiful. maybe I lost you I there. I don't know if we want to like, keep that on the show or not. What do you, what awesome. you want me to say? I'm like, just... oh, back ten years ago, Carlos Santana had some really good years. I mean, he's going to hit, but uh, you know, probably limited at first base. They're probably not going to use him a ton there, anyways. Uh, good valuable stick either on the bench or or DHing for him. Yeah, and then Phil Phil Marin uh, Mayton. Maton, that's what I meant. They got. I'm, I'm reading off of the script here. It's my bad. Phil, so he's a bullpen. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was on the. He was on the Astros last year. He was one of the guys. He's a. He's a slider specialist. Uh, he's going to end up in Tampa Bay. Um, kind of deal that Tampa Bay makes. You know, they they watch Robert Stevenson leave, so they got to make a move, and Phil Maton will probably uh, step into that role. And you know, how it goes for the the Rays. It all just works out. Yeah, yeah. They just uh, they just reload, do it again. He's like Pete Fairbanks now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ninety nine, and he'll have an all star season. So the guy that we had both kind of had an eye on, um, <laughs> hoping maybe the Rangers might take a chance on him. I'm guessing they probably he probably wasn't on their radar at all. Uh, but Shin Shin Shintaro, I think I thought it was Shinjiro. Shintaro Fujinami. Fujinami is what we need to know. Yeah, yeah, hard thrower started last year in Oakland, ended the season with Baltimore throwing out of their bullpen. Uh, he's going to get a chance with the Mets, and you know he's got uh, he's got good stuff, and he had a, a pretty good year out of the bullpen last year. You could take away some of those early starts that he made with a- the A's, and once he got moved to the bullpen, he uh, he kind of took off for them and got traded midseason, and uh, you know Baltimore. Uh, 
didn't have a ton of chances to use him uh, in the playoffs with the with the Rangers. But uh, overall, man, I like Shintaro Fujinami. I, I look forward to seeing what he does in New York. Yeah, I think he might have a nice little might not have a nice little future. Um, just just my two cents. And then Ross Stripling uh, looks like he's going to basically just uh, jump Across right the Bay right Bridge. Yeah. yeah, stay right over there in the West Coast. Yeah, he's going to drive past Alcatraz and head on over to uh, the Oakland Coliseum. Uh, that's a couple of pitchers in uh, a week's time that the uh, the A's have taken off of San Francisco's hand by signing Alex Wood and then trading for Ross Stripling. But, you know, both of those guys, I mean, comparatively to what Oakland sent to the Hill last year, are both major, major upgrades. So, you know, I mean, they're going to keep them in ball games and give Oakland's young core a chance to, to win some games. Yeah, I, I think Oakland probably feels pretty decent about their team um, this year. So I think well, they're another year older. And, uh, you know, I mean, like a lot of those guys that they got in those uh, those big deals a couple of years ago, back with when they sent Olsen and and uh, those guys away. And then last year sending uh, the catcher, can they was Murphy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, those guys are starting to get to that point where they're major leaguers now and, you know, they don't have. A, a real great farm behind them, but those guys, you know, I mean, they've all kind of made it up to the big leagues now, and they're kind of going to be, you know, we'll talk about them this week uh, at some point. Um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, the, they're just at that point now where it's time to start going in an upward trajectory instead of uh, being able to just lose 110 games and it'd be acceptable. No, I absolutely. I And again, I think they, they showed flashes in the second half last year. We both said they're not going to be the worst team of all time. And no, and they're no, and, and this year they 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 should be nowhere close to historically bad. No, I, I think I think they're going to be somebody to actually keep an eye on. Um, and then Ken Giles uh, going over to Atlanta got him a minor league deal. So uh, Atlanta adding a little adding little pieces here and there um, as well. Yeah, I, I think I put this on here just because Ken Giles is a. I mean, he's been a successful big leaguer, been a successful closer, um, you know, so give him a moment just because he's kind of a big name that's getting signed to a minor league deal. But, you know, hey, lots of times when a guy like him with some experience and they come to camp and they're ready to throw, they can make the team off a minor league deal. And, uh, you know, teams are more likely to send a guy through um, waivers uh, at, at the beginning of the season because guys are having to make decisions on minor league dudes and they can't just be like, you know, like what happened with Adolis Garcia a couple of years ago where like Adolis Garcia didn't get picked up because he was a bad player. Adolis Garcia got picked up because everybody had their 40 man set. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, it's probably something like that where they're going to try and, you know, force the issue, you know, if, if, uh, you know, they can send somebody through waivers and keep Ken Giles on the on the ball club and him be successful in their bullpen. They're definitely going to try and do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's jump into the main content of our, our show. Obviously, we are a Texas Rangers so, show, so let's talk Rangers, man. Like, first things first, you know, the saga still continues. Um, but at least we have this year um, settled the Rangers and Valley slash Diamond Holdings um, come up with an agreement for 2024. 
So we got a year, at least we got a year, um, a year to go on this whole deal. Well, and, uh, you know, if, if there is something to do, you know, that, that's serious with the Amazon and it, it's able to take up, that doesn't mean that this year they're on Bally's and they're done with ba- the diamond holding, um, especially if they're going to have, you know, Bezos money on top of what they're, what they're already, you know, producing themselves. I know the Rangers at this at most likely are going to get somewhere around 85 percent of what they were supposed to be paid at 111 million mm-hmm. so uh you know it's uh it's gonna be probably close to like 90 to 95 somewhere in there uh on what they're gonna make on their tv deal this year um it'll be one year they'll be open to negotiate as soon as uh the season basically begins for 2025 and we'll just see what's on the plate for the rangers but you know, I don't think of this as just a move that's going to cripple or de- debilitate them, but at the same time, it's a move that kind of leaves their future in question, where you're not a hundred percent what's going to know what's going to be, um, you know, on the horizon in 2025. You don't know if that 111 million type, you know, plus money is going to be on the table there in 2025. Uh, so. We'll just kind of, well, you know, I mean, we're a we're a daily Texas Rangers podcast mm-hmm. that spends a lot of the off season with uh, making up fun things to do for their show to to keep it interesting. So I, I imagine we'll continue to watch this. Yeah, and and again, I think that the best thing the Rangers can do right now is get get hire a specific person or a specific team of people, which they probably already do. If I'm thinking about it, you know, the billionaires are already thinking about it to get out there and get them a great uh, TV deal going and get them in a situation where they don't have to go through this uh, again. Um, this is, this is kind of unprecedented. I can't ever remember anything like this happening. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, I mean, what their deal was like through 2034 or something like that. So it's, it's really, it's really crazy, but I think a lot of the reason that this is coming to play in the way that it's coming to play in is because Texas owns their own rights to their video. So, you know, Diamond Holdings can't just sell it to Amazon with the rest of their everything else. Well, and again, what leverage the Rangers must have um, because they have a pretty, I would say, a very, uh, like a very good quality product, you know, like they're, they're a, they're a high quality product. They're, they're, they have a very large market in terms of, um, you know, teams that they're able to um, or or markets that they're already broadcast to. My wonder is, are they still going to be being broadcasted to all those markets? If so, that's that's huge. And, right yeah, there. and it shouldn't change. And I imagine that if the, if it does change where the Rangers do go like to something where it's uh, their own channel that would be on cable television or if they go streaming where – you know, it shouldn't affect uh, any of us, you know, really watching Major League Baseball. And I think, or, or the Rangers at least, and I and I think that, like, if they go, like, a local route, like where they go with a local television route, they would probably be open to negotiate deals in all the small towns as well to get their broadcast on the uh, local television there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I'd love to see. I mean, I would just love the Rangers to be able to have a little more maneuvering, um, 
in this area. You know, I just think it, it would just help the team drastically. So, um, well, let's uh, look through here. We got Daniel Duarte gets claimed by Minnesota. So he must have been a pretty decent guy if he got picked up that quick. Well, and you got to think that he's a pretty decent guy by the fact that the Rangers were sell- willing to send cash considerations to Cincinnati for a guy that they were going to that ended up getting DFA two weeks later. Right. Right. So there's something to him. I mean, when you look at his stuff, you know, he's got a good fastball, good slider. Um, was very successful last year with Cincinnati. Ended up kind of being a, a 40 man casualty based on, uh, you know, signings and stuff like that for Cincinnati. And, you know, Texas was willing to put him on their 40 man. And then here we are, you know, another team that, you know, middle of the pack looking for uh, 40 man additions you know, definitely willing to take a chance on a guy that should make their 40 man and pitch out of their bullpen most of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well then let's talk about the Rangers. It looks like the Rangers make a move to pick up DJ Peters. Okay. So talk about DJ Peters. DJ Peters played outfield for the Texas Rangers just last, like in 2021, 2022. Uh, he was an uh, he was an outfielder that they had in in the Woodward days gotten from Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and he's got a ton of he had a ton of pop at the plate, but he couldn't hit the ball. He was I mean basically you know I mean Gallo esque in that sense where you know I mean but he didn't you know perform well enough as, as an outfielder or you know get on base as much as you know Gallo does. So he, he wasn't really a major leaguer. He went to either Japan or Korea last year, not 100% sure. But uh, apparently he's like mid-90s fastball with a good slider. Hmm. So, you know, he's, he's here on a minor league deal. It's nothing, you know, I mean, it's probably most likely he'll be here in Frisco um, if he doesn't have to, you know, start all the way down at the bottom. Interesting, interesting. I'm trying to pull up his. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying to pull up his pitching. See if I can. There is none. Well, did this he? Pitch? Is... Did he? No, pitch? I'm pretty. Unless he pitched last year in in the in the Japan League or KBO, there's no. You're not going to find anything from from the United States of him pitching because, like, as far as I know, this is kind of very Charlie Culberson. So check it. So nine twenty twenty three, pitching splits in the FCL. So that's the. This says the Florida Ro- Complex. Yeah, I guess so. So he pitched at the Florida Complex. It looks like he, as a reliever, seventeen. Look at well, I got his pitching splits. I'm trying to get his actual, his actual numbers, but. It looks like so he had a couple. Let's see here. So you're looking at, I'm not getting overall stats here, but I got some game by game. Um, pretty good strikeout numbers for like innings per innings pitched. You know, he had a few uh, outings where he pitched one and a third, one and two thirds, and he got four Ks over that period of time. But he also had a two inning outing where he gave up five runs. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it, Looks like he's got like that strikeout piece, um, in terms of like what he's able to do. I'm, I'm surprised that they don't uh, 
have more more details as it relates to his. So I've got it here. He, uh, <laughs> basically, a six two three ERA, and uh, but he did uh, pitch twenty one innings last year. He gave up nineteen runs in uh, those twenty one innings, and uh, seven uh, fifteen of them were earned. Gave up a couple of home runs, walked twenty seven, and struck <laughs> out twenty four. So. Um, there's going to be development for sure. And I would be shocked if, uh, you know, kind of looking at the mindset of that, that like, uh, probably topping out at maybe Hickory as, as where he would start. Right. Yeah. Looking at that, it looks like he definitely got, he definitely, definitely has something. Mm-hmm. You're not striking out 24 guys in 21 innings. If you're just a jabroni. Um, yeah. And yeah, now he's got to start finding command of the strike zone and, and getting together what he's going to throw with the fastball slider. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I guess I stand corrected. I didn't, uh, didn't know that he had made it back over last year to start pitching um, in the complex with uh, Detroit. Baron had something to say uh, about. Uh, I don't blame him. I was wrong. Yeah. Like, Hey, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, yeah. like the other day, I was uh, Jay Peters, man. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he got fired up about it. So maybe maybe we don't know. Maybe DJ Peters could be something. Um, okay, so next next stop on our Texas Rangers um, news. So Adrian Beltre, who he played some decent like time with other teams, but he's going in the hall as a Texas Ranger. Now I know you're going to have plenty to say about it, but. In the same in the same class where Jim Leland decides he's not going to go in as for anybody, um, Beltre could have done the same thing and nobody would have blinked at it. Um, no, yeah, but he decides he's going in as a Ranger. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the right move for him. It's the it's kind of like the uh, um, I I don't know what I would say like the uh, um, the best strategically baseball move just back i mean with the rangers still that he'll still only be the third ranger hall of famer as far as wearing a cap on the uh, of the rangers and let's be honest i mean would you have really put a cap nolan ryan's cap on him if he hadn't made that decision you know what i'm saying like just in the sense that like nolan i guess maybe he got all of his records here but uh he had better, better times at, at different places, I guess, uh, you know, Houston probably would be, would have been the place I would have thought. Yep. Um, but you know, uh, it, it is what it is. I mean, in that sense. And when you can be the first guy to go in under that cap, it makes sense for him. And, uh, um, you know, so for Beltre, I think he was his most beloved here. Um, because he was a young guy with the Dodgers. He had some struggles in Seattle. He only had the one season in Boston. And then here he was the guy. Like he came here in 2011 and he instantly was the, the best player on the team. Um, he was, he was, you know, he was the guy and, and, uh, um, and he kept that role all the way up until the day that he retired. And, and, you know, he got his 3000th hit here and, all those accolades and accomplishments that, uh, you know, started piling up at the end, they were all happening as a, as a Texas Ranger. So I can definitely see, you know, um, him going in and, and, and he'll be more beloved here than he was anywhere else for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, and I think he is more beloved here. Just, um, I don't know. I just feel like we we really embraced him, and, and yeah, Texas. You know, I I I'd, I'd like to kind of get off the get off the snide as just the team where guys go to um, <laughs> to like compile their career numbers. Maybe 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 we could uh, you know. Well, we got Pudge, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. And we know, also he was, the, he was the best catcher in the game at the time that he was he was here, and and so I think that was. You know, we've always had that, and there, and you know, I mean, honestly, for four of the six seasons that Adrian Beltre was here, I would say he was one or two, as far as uh, you know, third baseman go. Maybe yes. you could have put him at third behind Arenado and uh, Machado at certain points. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely, he was definitely to me, and I've said that I said this on the, the episode where we talked about him going into the hall, but he was definitely for me the most, you know, just from the eyeball test, the most impressive defensive third baseman that we've had like of all time, for sure. And then- yeah, I agree. And I think he's also, you know, as far as defense goes, I mean, kind of got lost in the shuffle in Seattle whenever he wasn't playing as well as he uh, had played in Los Angeles. And then, you know, the the reemergence in, in Boston and, and starting to put like, oh, yeah, this dude is a, a an all-star. And, you know, because uh, from all indications, talking to Mariners people is like uh, he struggled in, in Seattle because he was hitting line shots right at everybody. Uh-huh. You know, so like, I mean... I don't know. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but you know, I mean, at, at the end of it, uh, you know, coming off of that contract with Seattle and having to prove himself, and like he just turned into a whole different guy from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think even you know. I think was that back when Safeco was like, you know, a little bit more of a of a challenge for a pitcher to Definitely. well hitter. I mean, for a hitter to to get the ball out of the park. I mean, that at least that's the impression I have uh, of Seattle. Well, that was definitely the uh, MO for Safeco Field before, you know, maybe 2020. Right, right. When when they made some changes to the to the uh just to the team or the stadium altogether. Um and the ballpark in Arlington was a very friendly hitters park too. So, you know, I mean, that could that could equate to a little bit as far as what, you know, Beltre's uptick. I mean, because when you think about right-handed hitters in, in Fenway, you're thinking of an uptick for a really good hitter and the same thing at the ballpark. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, finish one more thing here. This is this is some juicy. Uh, it is all hypothetical, though. Hypothetical, but but if it's. So I need to know: is this is this a legit thing? Like, is there a true possibility that we could be talking about this? Well, it could be. I mean, uh, you know, with Corbin Burns going, the Brewers are talking about being open to sending other guys away. And I saw that uh, can't think of his name, Adamas, right? That plays shortstop for him. Mm-hmm. Um, they're openly shopping him right now, and that that brings you to a guy that's got. Three years of um, contract left. He's uh, rated as the number one relief pitcher in all of baseball. And we're talking about the airbender, Devin Williams. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if he's available, 
what would be the price tag. Um, what I saw was Foscu, White, and Abimelech Ortiz. Okay. Um, I don't know if that is 100% what the Rangers would be looking to deal right now, but I don't think any of those guys are completely um, off the table. No. But I think with White, I think he's going to get a real opportunity to pitch at the big leagues this year. I agree. Um, and I think the Rangers are not really that willing to trade him. Just not that I don't think that Devin Williams is worth um, Owen White, uh, Abimelech Ortiz, and Justin Foscu. What I think is, is like what to me, I think that in a year where the Rangers have kind of proven that they're going to go in a direction where they're going to find out about some of their youth. Um, you're probably not going to trade two of those guys that are big league ready that are ap- actually going to help the big league club. Yeah. I mean, I would wonder what, if there's, I would just wonder if there's any more in it, if, if that's just a straight up, you know, it's just this guy for the, for those guys, or if the, the Rangers are looking at maybe, you know, if there's something else the Brewers can send back that could help the Rangers out as well. Um, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't hate it, to be honest with you. Like, I I like the idea of getting Major League help and using your farm system for it. Um, again, like, it's a tough – it'd be tough to lose one of those guys, but also at the same time you're talking about having one of the most elite um, relievers for the next three years. It's kind of like trading a first-round pick for a first-round pick. You know, it's like, hey, I mean – that's that's kind of how I look at it. I I would be okay with it. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be. I'm not. I'm not in any means like ready to lose uh, any of our guys either. You know, like I want to keep. Yeah, I keep all. But if I wouldn't, but I, but I'm not the one pulling the strings. If the Rangers decided they wanted to do this, hey, go for. Okay, I'm good. You know, I'm not going to cry. Move, but yeah, it would be a good move, and it would be something that it would help their bullpen and solidify it for well past Leclerc, who's only on the books till the end of this year. Yep. And and I'm not saying they're going to go out and do that. I'm not saying that those are the guys that would go. Because, I mean, when you start thinking about Foscu, you start thinking about guys that they have that are major league ready at the AAA level that, you know, they've got that aren't going to play at the big league level in the, with the Rangers and kind of like, you know, Wenzel and Krim, I know they're not the prospects that that Foscu is, but they're also, you know, in my opinion, guaranteed major league ready right now. Yeah, but also, too, man, some of these deals that have gone or gone on, you know, they haven't been as, you know, the other the team trading their prospects haven't really been getting just totally killed. I mean, I think of the Corbin Burns trade, and I mean, you know, if the Rangers had – the draft pick to give, we probably would have done that. No, like with no, not even a thought. So, well, and, and again, I don't, I, I don't know a hundred percent on what, uh, you know, they were asking for as far as that. I mean, the Rangers have got two that are for sure off limits with Carter and, and Langford and probably a third that it's going to have to be more than a, a one year return on in Sebastian Walcott. Because yep. I think all three of those guys are definitely going to play in the big leagues. Yep. And then your fourth prospect is Brock Porter, who 
you know, don't you think if you're going to send Brock Porter away, you're going to want more than one year return on a starter. Yeah. And then once you start getting deeper than that, you're looking at Foscue, you're looking at Owen White, you're looking at Jack Leiter, you're looking Mm -hmm. at Anthony Gutierrez, um, some of those younger guys, and then like Abby Ortiz. And uh, so with the Rangers, they probably, because they're top of the top, cream of the crop is not really readily available. Mm -hmm. They would probably have to group guys that are ready and like white or lighter or Zach Kent or uh, Cole Wynn, those guys that are on the 40 man, whatever the case may be um, with like a Foscue or Foscue, uh, you know, I mean like, but with Wenzel and Krim, I don't know if they're big enough prospects to kind of get that same, you know, what all you would have to put together and if they could add young guys, I mean, because then when you start looking at young right-handed starting pitchers, they're pretty deep. Yeah. So, you know, it's really just a question of what Milwaukee was looking for on a return or what Milwaukee's looking for on a return with Devin Williams. And I think that in my opinion, I believe that Devin Williams is probably worth, you know, what we just talked about. I don't know if giving up all that service time to these young guys is, is worth that just yet either. Right. Right. Well, I guess the Rangers will be the ones to, to make that call. And let's, let's just kind of keep our eyes and ears open and see what, um, what transpires of it all. So. Um, yeah. Cause I can't imagine a lot of people thought whenever the Burns Milwaukee deal was going to go down, that it was going to be like a DL hall and, uh, a draft pick and and one other guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that people thought it was going to be more of a haul coming back from Milwaukee, and I think we're finding out with Chicago and Dylan Cease that that big haul probably isn't going to be there. That's that's not what, right now. No, I think you're right, and that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of hoping for the Rangers. And uh, you know, with speaking of all these prospects that you're you're throwing out there, um, number three from uh, Baseball America. Number, farm yeah, system. the number the number three prospect or the number three farm in all of baseball, and I like Baseball America because they don't have a axe to grind. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like they're like uh, uh, pushing an agenda on their website. Right, right, absolutely. They don't seem like they're being, um, you know, fed to by anybody. They just kind of give what they give you their opinion. So, speaking of farms, like you got to, we got to. <laughs> Baron's really pumped up about our farm system, apparently. So speaking of farms, uh, we have our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. Exciting stuff. It is. It is. We'll recover all things Rangers minor league. Um, This is where you're going to get all the extra content that you're going to need to know about these these prospect players. Uh, Like we've been talking about Foscue and Owen White. I mean, Owen White was our number one uh, prospect last year on our top 40. Uh, going in, I think on our very first one, and then you know uh, the Jack Lighters of the world. Why Langford was the first prospect, their first person we covered when it came down to uh, the draft pick. So you know we've talked about this for the entire duration of our show. We've had this uh, down on the farm with the boys show, and we were very passionate about minor leaguers. Lately, we've uh, done some deep dives in the pitching 
uh, starting pitching at all levels. We've done our top 10 left-handers, top 10 right-handers. Uh, again, we did our last uh, top 40 prospect list of, four, of 2023. That's already in there and deep dives of every level uh, from 2023. So if you want to get all caught up on everything that's going on in this farm, just go ahead and subscribe to our exclusive content. You can go to our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. Or you can go check us out uh, on our Spotify page, and you can subscribe there. It's only $1.99 a month, and that helps you make us your one-stop shop for all things Rangers organization-wide. So go on over there, subscribe today. Subscriptions are growing. So thank you to everybody who has subscribed to our, uh, our, our subscription or our exclusive content up till now. Yeah, and on the next uh, episode of Down on the Farm with the Boys, we'll uh, rank those top 10 relief pitchers in the farm system. Then we're, uh, we're going to start talking about who's going to play where and, uh, you know, what, uh, what the starting nines will start lo- or starting eights or nines, I guess, with DHs will start looking like at uh, Round Rock, Frisco, Hickory, and Down East as uh, spring training nears. And we'll get closer to uh, – you know, finding that out, but we're going to make some guesses and start uh, getting you more educated on some guys that we don't talk about uh, on the regular. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You want to, you want to get that deep dive in. You're going to have to go to, uh, to our exclusive content for that, but we will still definitely throw you a bone here on the main show. So, um, well, let's get into our, so now we've, we've gone around the league. We've talked about all these other teams um out there and and you know around the league as far as like all the divisions but now it's time to talk about the american league west and we're going to take the time to talk about each team individually and we're going to start out and hopefully maybe have a surprise for you as we go through this uh this this part (laughs) of the yeah of the of the off season but for the meanwhile um we're going to go ahead and start talking about these seattle mariners and um, man, I I think Seattle is kind of that team that everybody is. This how it always goes. Everybody was excited about Seattle. They made these free agent moves these last few years. They did this. They did that. And then honestly, it just kind of didn't quite pan out for them. They weren't a bad. I mean, they almost made the playoffs last year. But yeah, they were a couple of wins away last year from making the playoffs. They um, um they they've got some interesting interesting uh. They made some interesting moves this offseason. Um, they traded uh, Suarez at third um, in a trade uh, with Arizona. They uh, they brought Mitch Hanniger, uh, Luke Rayleigh, uh, Mitch Garver. Uh, they brought Jorge Polanco. So they brought some guys on board. I mean, Polanco, that just went down the other day. Um, and then they, they're going to piece that with, you know, J.P. Crawford's a good shortstop. Julio Rodriguez is a, is a, a superstar in the making. And then, uh, you know, Kyle Raleigh and Ty France are guys that they relied heavily on last year. And uh, they've got a young kid in Josh Rojas that's going to play third base. And I don't know that that's 100% in the bank. There's some still some third basemen out there. I don't know if they're going to make a splash move with, like Matt Chapman or anything like that, but they could make a, a surprise move and bring uh, like maybe Evan Longoria or someone like that 
on board to play third base. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go for them yet. I mean, they they might also, you know, kind of they've got Dylan Moore um, on the bench that, you know, he might be able to play some third base. And then, uh, you know, but other than that, if they're going to make a move from there, it would probably have to be from uh from within you know from uh outside the organization because uh you know i don't know uh i don't know if anybody that they've got you know i don't know if michael chavis is going to be you know on the club i i know he's a non-roster invite they'll give him an opportunity um but after you get past that third base they're they're real young um and real inexperienced so um you know they'll be relying heavily on uh you know Josh Rojas to take the majority of those plays over at third base and that may be um a position that they look to uh upgrade at the trade deadline um if everything is going well because when you look at their their pitching staff man what's not to like about that you know i mean they've got uh Louis Castillo on and Logan Gilbert and George Kirby and um, then they've got a couple of young guys that got a little bit of the taste last year and Bryce Miller and Brian Wu. And, uh, you know, uh, they've got a lot to like. And, uh, you know, that rotation one through five is, is pretty strong. And I would say one through three might be the best one through three in the big leagues. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're still they're interesting in their bullpen. They've got some pieces. They just made a trade. The, uh, the other day with the White Sox to bring Gregory Santos over um, to help them in the back end of that thing. And, uh, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that Munoz, Brash, and Santos is a great back end, but it ain't bad. And, uh, man, they're, they're, they're good, you know. And then uh, I, I think, what, a couple of weeks ago, we might have talked about this, that they made a trade to bring over Austin Voth to kind of help in that rotation, sure it up in case they run into an injury, something like that. And then, uh, you know, they got more on the way. The the Mariners are one of those teams that, I mean, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're getting close to being about as good as they can be. And uh, if they can keep it together, you know, that's more the question uh, than anything else because they're, you know, they've got more, they've got more uh, um, starting pitching on the way. And then, uh, you know, they're, they're looking at, uh, uh, you know, it's just up and down, they're deep and they're, they're, they're a good team. They're good. They're going to be good for a long time if they can keep it together and, and, you know, keep Julio Rodriguez manning the thing down. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're a hundred percent when it comes to the, to the starting pitching, having probably, you know, the best top three. You know, what's most impressive about that Seattle rotation, all uh, four of those five guys were drafted from Seattle, um, Gilbert and Kirby, both first-round draft picks in successive years. Bryce Miller was a fourth-rounder in 21, and then also they got Brian Wu in 21 as well. So Seattle doing a great job at, you know, developing and building up through the system, and it's cool to see that. The other thing that I like about Seattle is, or, or the, I don't want to say I like the, the thing about them that makes me go, man, watch out for these guys is because it's always the team that you kind of like 
you know, like, ah, well, you know, they, they traded Robbie Ray. They, they kind of seemed like they were kind of, you know, kind of, kind of not trying to be as competitive because they didn't spend as much money in free agency and they kind of retooled the team more than they did anything else, you know? And I think what makes me, makes me leery is teams like that, man, those are sometimes teams that have those, those years, you know, where they, they kind of all clicks, they got the right guys together. They got the right combination. I think this lineup, even if they do have a little bit of a gap at third base, I think this lineup is going to be dangerous. Um, I think they've got a lot of power um, in the lineup. They do even have a lot of speed, um, maybe not throughout the whole lineup, but they've got a lot of speed on, on there. Um, and, you know, they're, they're veterans too. It's not like you got a bunch of kids um, on this team. Most of these guys are, are in their late twenties, um, you know, or in their thirties in terms of the majority of the team, of course, the really young pitching staff and, Obviously, a couple of the the young players that they drafted uh, that are playing in the or really, I guess Rodriguez is really the only uh, young guy in the lineup. So I, this is the kind of team I like. I always told you I like those veteran. I like the guy, the veteran guys in the lineup, and then I like having having more pitching than you're possibly going to need. And I think Seattle kind of matches that. Um, I think the only real questions you're going to be looking at are going to be maybe in the bullpen. But we've also talked about that bullpens. Um, they so year to year, yeah, they could go out and have the best bullpen of all time next year. I mean, it wouldn't, and it wouldn't be like, oh my god, what a surprise. yeah, it wouldn't <laughs> shock you there, and it wouldn't shock me if they were looking for bullpen help in June. Yeah, yeah, same or something somewhere in between that. Yeah, so so much, so. And, and I mean, you gotta, you gotta respect what you know, the Mariners are trying to do up there because they're trying to develop pitching and they went and got an anchor for that pitching staff and they gave him some money. And, you know, so, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they uh, continue to stay behind the Rangers and the standings. But, uh, you know, as far as things go for them, the, the, the future is bright. And like you said, I mean, sure, they've got some guys in their lineup that are, that have got some age on them, but, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if uh, Mitch Hanniger had a, a, a rejuvenated year up in Seattle, back up there where those people all seem to love him so much. And, and uh, you know, they get big production out of Garver and Rayleigh and uh, um, Jorge Polanco, who they brought in as well. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked by it. And, uh, you know, I, I'd sure like to see him stay behind the Rangers in the standings, but that pitching staff is is going to be really good, and it's going to really uh, uh, is going to test um, it's, it's going to test both Houston and um, Texas in that in that AL West. Yeah, I, I think the the AL West could be as heated as like as any division. I, I don't think anybody. This year, I don't, I don't foresee anybody running away with it. I think it's those be- top three are going to really be strong again this year, and that's why the I think everybody in the Rangers organization is so leery about going into the the year with the rotation they have is because of how strong Seattle and Houston are going to both be, and the uptick that you should see from uh, Oakland as well, and. Like I said, you know, we'll talk about it when we talk about the Angels. I mean, again, it's a team that could win like 85 games, and I wouldn't be shocked, and they could win like 65 games, and I wouldn't be shocked either. 
Yeah, yeah. And remember, let's not forget, you know, old Ron Wash. Yeah, I mean, he's going to account for something. I mean, you got to think that. No, I, I don't doubt that one one bit. So, hey, uh, you got anything else for the for the people tonight, today? Uh, well, you know, we're uh, we're going to try and we're going to try and get the the farm show uh, in this week. If it uh, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But we're going to try and get it in this week and uh, tomorrow. We'll be right back at it, talking about whatever's going on in Ranger, uh, in the Rangers world, and uh, whatever's going on in Big League Baseball. And you know, hopefully, we're uh, you know we're we're counting this down to spring training, and it can't get here soon enough. It really can't get here soon enough, man. I'm like, I can't, I can't get over how excited I am uh, about about this upcoming season. So. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a long one, but hey, man, that's what makes it. That's what makes it baseball. So, don't forget to check us out on social media, TX Rangers WTV. Don't forget to follow us on the World Wide Web at Texas Rangers with the boys.com. All one word. Where you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys, where we cover all things Rangers minor league. And thank you for following us on your favorite podcasting platform. For the 300-pound animal, this is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys signing out.